recorded live from Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles in West Bend, Wisconsin. You're listening to Under the Cowl. Episode 36, Under the Car. Welcome to another episode of Under the Cowl. I'm David Goyd, co-owner of Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles, not Crimson Carl Comics and Collectibles, a comic book store for the time being in West Bend, Wisconsin. And with me is... Anthony, the Tony Meatball guy. <laughs> Anthony, the Tony Meatball guy. I gotta come around here so it'll make mic space in this bowl. So yeah, you, you don't normally get to do the, the, the intros, but uh, I figured this is a very uh, meatball heavy. <laughs> Ironically uh, enough, we don't even talk about meatballs. I No, we don't because it's a, a Saturday one, so there was no pizza. We got to find a way to incorporate pizza into Saturdays. We we have a pizza free Saturday policy here at the at the Crimson Call. Yeah. Um, so uh, initially we were joined by the rest of the comic club because uh, we kicked off right after the comic club podcast, and uh, those people faded away. <laughs> they knew what was about to be talked about, and they didn't want to be spoiled. Yeah. Right, uh, so they all left claiming that they'll be back. <laughs> we said hasta la vista. This episode. They, got, I, they I, went to go get to the choppers. <laughs> uh, yeah. To check yeah. on their tumors. Yeah. yeah. But turns out... Well, it's not a tumor. Perfect. That's what we wanted to hear. <laughs> Anyways, if you haven't figured out by now, there's a lot of uh, discussion about a certain film that Anthony had seen, or Tony had seen, yep. or Meatball had seen, or one of those guys had seen, um, and uh, the rest of us, or others of us who were there, I, I think at that point it was just me. Yeah. Because initially we started out and we're talking about, I think we're talking about Star Wars and stuff like that earlier on. And then uh, somehow that goes into talking about the Terminator, Dark Fate, which then turns into... Like, you know, I, I don't a know how long this retelling. was. A very long. A modern retelling of the brand new 2019 movie. Spoiler free. Oh, wait, no. A spoiler filled yes. uh, telling of modern day retelling of a modern day retelling. Yes, pretty much. Yes. And then you were later joined by uh, your sons showed up. And they signed a form saying that they were okay with hearing spoilers. Mm-hmm. Yep, they signed it in blood. <laughs> um, also, I have rights to their souls. Uh, but but yeah, they were okay with, with hearing spoilers. Uh, Ethan, I don't think, really cared. David's more into uh, Terminator. And he... I think he was really considering going to see it and whatever, but was kind of on the fence about it. Um, because even that, that younger generation um, 
still agree that you know the first couple, especially T2, is is the best when it comes to Terminator, and everything just got more and more inferior uh, after that. Uh, I, I'd like to have like a group of us that just kind of watched all the Terminator movies, and I didn't see Genesis, and I have not yet seen uh, Dark Fate, but to rank them because everybody gives their like. Star Wars rankings and, and stuff like that. Uh, but I haven't seen too many Terminator rankings. I would bet that the second one was at the top of a lot of people's lists. Some people might prefer the original. Um, I would be shocked if others came in. Not completely shocked. There's there's going to be some, some nutcases out there that think like, you know, the third one was the best, um, which that's actually the one of of the four that I've seen. That's the one that I remember the least. Um, and uh, I don't know. I I thought that Terminator Salvation was okay. I liked that it didn't try to just redo everything before. It tried to go and and do another aspect of it. But in doing so, they kind of didn't do... The whole time travel thing was really a big part of the Terminator thing, and because it takes place all just in one time. Um, I'm sorry, spoilers for those of you who have not yet seen Terminator Salvation. Do we now have to do a Now we have to do another intro? intro to introduce that it's a spoiler-filled <clears throat> intro uh, for other Terminator movies as well. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see where people rank certain movies, especially like the last three, because uh, some people enjoyed them for what they were. Some people absolutely hated them. A lot of people say that the Terminator franchise is dead. Um, these are probably people who still will go and see a new Fast and Furious movie. Uh, yeah, so. I remember when they said they were doing uh, for Fast and Furious that they're going to like, all right. We're going to do one final Fast and the Furious trilogy. So three more movies. But I remember that being the role. I was like, all right, one final trilogy. So, And a trilogy consists of 12 movies. So, <laughs> Yep. Uh, but yeah, Terminator spoilers. Go. Uh, yeah. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. <laughs> and then they're met by the heat, which they were both inspired by. From what is it like? It's something like Atlas Boy Comics or something, or so, something along that line. Yeah, I, I know who the Air Boy is, Comics or something, but I I can't remember. But yeah, I have a trade of the heat, and he is as there less. <laughs> yeah, he's less designed as his you know man thing and swamp thing would eventually be. He is more just a heat. Um, I'm going to bring up a picture for you guys here. But yeah, I've got, uh, it's a lot of, I think it's like 1940s, maybe late 30s comics. Um, yeah, from Airboy Comics. And, uh, oh, that's right. He does have a sort of like man-thing-inspired nose, but also that white furry character from the canteen in Star Wars that kind of has like, that weird, oh, like, yeah. like, Gonzo type, like, horn nose, whatever you want to like call that. But there are some 
Let's see, there's a couple different versions. This one, he kind of looks like a bird. He's got like a beak type of deal. Um, but yeah, there, there's a couple different, uh, obviously every character will kind of evolve. So this one, he looks more like a man thing type of, especially with the design on the nose Yeah, there, there he does, except for man thing's got kind of... He's got, uh, he's got tusk yeah, type he's got of this things. Weird, yeah, this... He's looking at the Flash with him. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of look like... Uh, and uh but yeah i was gonna look for uh one of the original and then there's the heat oh wait that's that's a hulk google image related the incredible heat. <laughs> here we go this is the one i was looking for <laughs> and i am very much questioning the characters around him <laughs> i don't know what i just stumbled onto here but uh, uh that's illegal in six states yeah, I'm not sure what's happening. I mean, more than that. <laughs> well, it just never came oh. up in the rest of them. It, it's 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 under a category of uh, flawed diamonds. They're calling them, and it's the Heat Volume Two darker stories. But they must have created a right. like calling it. This is kind of a flawed diamond in the rough type of deal. I'm guessing. Yeah, and it's a darker story already. Here's the Volume One cover that has that. Uh, Jay Garrick esque fly, like a Flash Gordon almost thing too going on there, but yeah, that's I have that hardcover of the Heat, but it's it's a hard read um, just because it's you know I think it's like late thirties, early forties, but when researching Swamp Thing and Man Thing and kind of seeing how they were both created within like a month of each other as like a coincidence because of the way comics would come out that they they basically said there's like no way that anyone would have. And like, oh, they just did a, a bog monster. We're going to do ours now. Like, there was such a small gap in between that that it was just one of those crazy... And then, like, Len Wein actually got to work on both of them, so it was kind of weird that... And Swamp Thing, if I remember correctly, was a pitch that he came up with, a last-minute pitch while he was on the train ride into, like, the office in New York for DC because they wanted something, wanted to hear, and he's like, I don't have anything... And then he just like it was just like this. Oh, it's a swamp monster! <laughs> and then it ended up becoming which is that. exactly how he said it. Yeah, which get I took that inspiration from a Family Guy clip going back to Stephen King. If you've seen that, where they did a flashback of like Stephen King trying to come up with like a new horror idea, and they're like his editors, like, all right, what do you got? And he's just like, oh, I've been working on something. I've got a. It's about a lamp, a lamp monster, Ooh, and he's like falling, and then his editor's just like not phased, and then he's just like sitting there shaking the lamp, and then he's just like, I have it on my desk by Monday. That what felt like the Len Wein thing of just like, uh, I'm cool with it, whatever. Sure, uh, yeah, he's a guy, he was in an accident, and he fell into a swamp, and now he's a swamp guy, and they're like, alright, House of Secrets 92, let's do it, so. Sitting there riding into to work, and the guy in front of him smells like swamp ass. Like, <laughs> That's all it takes. He's inspired. Yeah. So there was a lady walking by with a salad, and then the train jerked, and then her salad fell on that guy, and then. <laughs> well, you guys have a good night. See you next week. I gotta right. go home and cook dinner. Oh, what are you making us? I am making yeah, uh, back. fried cabbage and sausage. Fried swamp thing and sausage. <laughs> <laughs> That's how 
That's how yeah, Len Wein came up with those. them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, yeah. No, man just thing like, hey, I don't think I've ever had fried cabbage and sausage. So. Yeah. Interesting. Right. I'll be over later. <laughs> I'm really, Lock your doors. I'm really hooked on that malted milkshake thanks to Archie Comics. Heading to Jumbo's after this? I think I might have to. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's been recording since the beginning of the... Okay, yeah, I, I wasn't sure if you had some time after there. Yeah, I did it as quick as I could before any really juicy conversation got started. So, so swamp ass, right? Is a juicy conversation. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, actually, I was thinking, like you know, what we just did for the comic club podcast. Um, we should try something similar for. For under the cowl, although granted, I, I mean, I do like that uh, under the cowl has more of a just whatever we talk about thing. But um, you know, if uh, if we had some sort of a you know uh, a, a way to to get ideas and, and stuff, you know, like like Jacob where he said, hey, you know. Just at, the, at the club, pitches. you know, maybe maybe you guys should uh, start a segment on, you know, who would win this person versus this person. Um, just having some of those topics because every once in a while we get to the point where it's like, okay, yeah, I don't really have anything. It's to, got some to talk bullet about. points, and uh, you'll pull out your phone and start. Oh, yeah. I'll usually go through my idea. photo album, and then I'll be like, oh yeah, this is something to talk about. Something just charge your memory or charge whatever. Your and, hey, yes. Yeah, Jar Jar Binks did your memory. Oh no! Yeah, I I can't wait to uh, see what everybody's reactions are when they realize that he's been behind the whole thing. You know, they bring back the Emperor. Jar Jar Skywalker. uh, He's the rise of Skywalker. The rise of Jar Jar. He was Snoke. You're gonna, in fact, you're gonna change the title. It's not even the rise of Skywalker. It's the rise of Jar Jar. And it's just going to be, you get there, you buy your tickets, you go into it, but instead of, you know, Excuse me. Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. It's going to Episode 9, The Rise of Jar Jar, and everybody's just going to be shocked. Yes. The last we've seen Jar Jar, I think in one of the tie-in novels, one of the canon novels, I should say, is that he was like a jester in like a marketplace street or something, like... He was like a basically a, like a street clown, like just falling uh, on hard times right. as a senator. And they kind of they kind of did that for a couple of reasons, and and part of it was like, you know, that realization that he was the guy that kind of, you know, more or less put Palpatine in power, um, <laughs> you know, be, you know. So if Jar Jar wasn't the most hated character in the galaxy already, you know. Um, he's not a big doo-doo with that one. Now, even in story, he's he's just <laughs> as hated. Uh, but yeah, some people were trying hard to, you know, to come up with fan theories on how Jar Jar Binks was really, like, some sort of, like, like he was some Sith Lord, or, <laughs> you know, and he was just behind everything. I... To kind of further that theory, there was a line of toys, maybe you could remember what they are, but Marvel and Star Wars, where you can just kind of inter- yeah, yeah, interchange exactly. the part. I've talked the about line. this. I don't think I've talked about it on a podcast. 
I'll have to find them and kind of redo it. But Star Wars made a Jar Jar one and they made a Thanos one. And I swapped the parts and I put Jar Jar's head on Thanos' body with the Infinity Gauntlet. And that is quite the scary thing. And then what's even funnier is a Thanos head on a Jar Jar body, you know, a Gungan body. <laughs> waving your arms and the <laughs> but yeah that is uh, I'll have to dig out that toy because that, that's a what if Jar Jar wielded the infinity gauntlet yeah. hey scuba fish accidentally snaps his fingers <laughs> or was it an accident and as we go in about the you know since we start talking about Jar Jar you know, that's fine if nobody likes the character and this and that and is annoyed by him, but... Uh, well, George Lucas loves the character. Yeah, I know, right? It's his uh, favorite. But when it came to the actor Ahmed Best, who acted his heart out and was doing his job and then received, you know, 20 years of hate and basically almost uh, threw himself off a bridge and took a picture with his son, which was meant to be, like, the last photo with his young son because he was basically going to kill himself and everything... Uh, after kind of opening up about that in the last like year or two, um, he made his first convention appearance. He was at Star Wars Celebration in Chicago that I was at, and I was so happy to see that he was welcomed with uh, wide uh, praise and applause and fans kind of supporting him. I did get a photo with him, and I uh, did the Jar Jar thumbs up, tongues up. I wasn't going to make him stick his tongue wearing out. the Thanos mask. Yeah, he's got the Thanos. Oh, wait. Oh. <laughs> um, I wasn't. I thought that would be how rude if I made him uh, stick his tongue out, too. But I figured, like, hey, you want to do a thumbs up like Jar Jar? And, but uh, um, I'm at best a uh, big character actor. He's a big, like, theater guy. Like, I got some comedians and, like, uh, stand-up people and improvers and stuff like that that, like, know this guy personally. They work with him and... And if you follow his, like, social media feeds and stuff, like, he's got a family, he's got, you know, this lot of theater background. and Everybody hates him from Star Wars, but they loved him in Hamilton. Yeah, something like that, yeah. (laughs) Um, But, like, you look at somebody like that who, you know, 96, 97, when they probably started rolling the scripts around, doing the casting, and really playing around with that, and... And Star Wars is coming back after, what, 15-plus years of being gone and movies that we never thought we were going to see and, you know, obviously the biggest thing ever. And imagine being, like, someone like him and just being like, I... The, the, the animation, the CGI, the motion capture of Jar Jar was a very revolutionary thing that led to the 2000s era of, like, the filming when it comes to, like that kind of technology, like, Jar Jar is... Right, it was like the, Avatar, and now it's such a big thing that they're going to make a 20 sequels. <laughs> and they're all going to be on Disney+, Plus. they just announced, coming out in just over a week. But, uh, well, at least one of them will, because that's the only one that's out at the moment. But it, it's kind of crazy to think that this character that, you know, fans will continue to hate for 20 years. I personally buy as much Jar Jar stuff as I can, because I... I embrace it just because I know it just irritates people, so that makes me enjoy it even more. But I do... I, I've always said that he... His character is just as annoying as C-3PO. Like, they both say stupid stuff. Right. And do comedic Yeah. Things. And sure, Jar Jar yeah. probably has a more annoying voice and things like that, but, like, when you break down, if you just put, like, the swap their words or whatever, you know, essentially... 
they're the same kind of characters that all the other characters, like Han hated 3PO. <laughs> it just like was so annoying and just like, you know, he's like, even in Force Awakens, one of my favorite moments when you have Leia and Han seeing each other again, and then 3PO, like, this, I think it's the first time you see 3PO in the movie. Yeah, and he sticks. I yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Is it, is it when he kind of, like, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's you know, you see he's got the red arm and stuff, but he just like, he just ruins the moment, you know, he just, you know, blocks. And you Han. probably didn't care. I have a red arm now. Yeah. He Han blocks. Well, yeah. yeah. But, but uh, anyway. And, and, and yet, 3PO, you know, people <laughs> love the character. You know, he, you, you didn't see uh, Jar Jar getting his own cartoon, you know, Gungans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, they should do that. You, you know, and, and, well, I guess people... A lot of people kind of said that they hated the Ewoks too, but they got their own cartoon too. Yeah. And looking at, like, when I saw those movies in the theater, like, the character was made for the younger audience because, like, I heard nothing but child laughter every, th- every time Jar Jar did something stupid. And when you think about it, you know, all the Star Wars fans at that time, you know, are the, the grown-ups that have the children and are taking them to these movies. And, you know, the characters just aren't... They're they're meant for the audience, <clears throat> meant for that audience, and like I said, everyone laughed at everything Jar Jar did. Like the kids laughed at everything Jar Jar did. Well, you know, uh, my son Ethan uh, is a huge Star Wars fan, but a, a big reason that he's a as big of a Star Wars fan as he is is actually the prequel movies, um, because those were the movies that he grew up on. But he watched the originals, and if you ask him now, you know, he prefers the originals. Um, but, you know, when he was younger, he didn't, he didn't mind. And all the things that you hear people complaining about with the prequels, he didn't care about any of that stuff. You know, he didn't want to send, you know, death threats written on with crayons <laughs> off to George Lucas yeah. because of Jar Jar Binks and, and things like that. So, so as much as I hate certain things about the the, the prequel movies, um, you know, I will acknowledge that, that, you know, there are a lot of kids who um, love them or didn't care about those things that that the older audiences just absolutely hated. They love um, all the galactic politics. and <laughs> Well, and, and they didn't care. They didn't look at it and go, oh, there's way too much CGI going on in, in, in this. Um and I agree there. I've I've always liked you know um, the uh, the other special effects, more traditional physical. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you can do a lot of stuff with computers, but how much of it should you do? Um, and and there's been some some great things. A lot a lot of great things have been done that we wouldn't have ever seen. You know, a lot of the Marvel movies and stuff like that. If it weren't for CGI. With the rocket and groove. We, 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 we wouldn't have that stuff. Um, but, uh, but there is, you know, you have to be careful. I mean, there is a, a way in which you can take that too far. Um, so I think that was a lot of the complaint with the prequel trilogies, how much they, they did with that. I also think that they would have blended in better had they not used so much of it in, in, in watching the original trilogy and, and watching those, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, as as much as 
we might possibly hate some of that prequel stuff. Um, you know, it did it did bring in a whole new generation of Star Wars fans. Um, now that Ethan's older, I mean, he's 16 now, and, uh, you know, for the last few years at least, you know, he'll, he'll acknowledge that, yes, the, the original trilogy is superior um, and everything like that, but, but if you'd asked him when he was younger, he would have given you a different answer. Um, you know, it's what kind of turned him on to, to Star Wars. Especially when you have, like, Clone Wars and all that stuff, it's just like... Although I will say that even as a kid, the episode one was his least favorite. Okay. So... Um, uh, he's off a big doo with that one. <laughs> I'm um, running out of his. Well, it, here, guys. you know, and, and probably with that one, I think I repeated um, that one. Actually. Maybe, maybe it was just a little too much for the kids. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, the fans spoke out, and we see him for a little bit in episode two, and then a very brief episode three of just kind of standing there and he might make one noise or something, but like, then he's like not even in there. And, yeah. So the fans got what they want, but then it's also kind of a shame when you look at like the actor who just like did the job he was told to do. And then all of a sudden it's just... Right, and he, he shouldn't be blamed for that. Having like the world react. No, yeah, well, you got the same problems in, in episode eight. You know, here you've got this new character that all these old school fans hated. And like, Why does this character need to be in here? She should never have been in there. And, um, and there was a lot of hate there. Um, and um, what, what's, what's Rose? That? Yeah, Kelly Rose. What was her? Over. Yeah, Kelly Marie Tran. Um, but uh, but she got a lot of hate for that. And had problems on social media. And, and things like that, because people just hated the character, which I don't get. Personally, I... It was a character that, you know, I was like, take or leave. Um, didn't really didn't really do anything for me, but I don't understand the hate. But would you buy the Rose Tico figures in mass so you could cut off the heads and film it as a YouTube video? Because that's happened, and people still do that, so... No. Well, you know, good See, good for uh, good for them for for buying in, yeah. you know, to, to all that because all the money that they're making on that merchandising. Well, that just said, you know, they so, were trying to show Disney like, oh, I'll take that. I'm like, well, you bought all those figures unless you right. stole them. But but well, another thing, not only was I'm at best there at Star Wars Celebration, Kelly Marie Tran was, you know, after she removed all her social media and watching because anytime anybody's casted in something that i'm excited about marvel star wars i follow all their accounts and i'm just like oh these are the people i'm gonna be watching and for the next 10 years of my movies i kind of want to check out their back catalog and you know kelly this is her first movie and you know she's like what the first like asian character in a star wars movie with a prominent role and this and that and her Instagram feed was nothing but like pure happiness and joy, just based on like the stuff that she would laugh at and everything. But when she came out on the stage at Star Wars Celebration, she was just met with standing ovation and applause, and like her kind of tearing up that while the internet is can be a dark, mean, ridiculous place, that all of these people, the the mecca of Star Wars, were there to greet her with support. So. 
But uh, Damon hates Star Wars so much that he's like, I'm, I'm, you know what? I've had enough. I can't talk about. Yeah, I can't the, talk about Rolls and Jar Jar anymore. Quite the opposite. If you see my basement, it is he's, all Star Wars. Yeah, it yeah. is all Jar Jar and Rolls. They're together. He's like. In fact, I have the ultimate ending for Jar Jar. Uh oh. I collect the Star Wars Black Series six-inch okay. figures. Good stuff. And there's a guy on Facebook who does customs. Okay. And I bought from Han Solo and Carbonite to add okay. to my collection. He also does a Jar Jar in Carbonite. And so I have that. So I always picture him. I have him on my display. I got Jabba and, you know, the Bounty Hunters and Slave Leia. And in the back, behind them, standing up on one side, I have Han and Carbonite. And then on the other, I have Jar Jar. And we all know what happened to Han is that he got released and he was okay for another 30 years or so. So Jar Jar will continue to... Well, I'd like to think that when he was on the sail barge, <laughs> that maybe when the sail barge blew up, Jar Jar's Carbonite fell into the Sarlacc pit. And so he's slowly being digested for a thousand years. But the Carbonite is so protective that he's still okay. And then Boss Nass is going to send some troops, some Gungan troops, and go, Be gone with him! I just needed an excuse to use a And you know what? I believe that is my exit key. I gotta go take my wife out to dinner. Oh, the life deck. Alright, have a good night. Yep. Going out for some fried cabbage and sausage? No, I think the wife wants to go to Ninja. Kobachi thing. Yeah. You know, that's her favorite restaurant. Yeah. Gotta make the wife happy. What do they say? Happy wife? Happy life. Oh, no, I just ended there. Just happy wife. Yeah, okay. shoot, happy shoot, wife? Shoot. Happy wife. Last night was for me. We went to go see Zombie Land 2. Nice. You know, she doesn't like horror movies. And I told her it's not going to be that scary. More so funny than scary. Yep, and so I figured, all right, well, she did that for me last night, so tonight I can take her. She's a ninja. Compromise. Yep. So cool. cool. But, all right, guys, have a good weekend. All right, you too. See you on Wednesday. See you later. And on that note, we'll take a brief intermission while I use the bathroom. And we're back. Um, so when uh, when Damon brought up the Sarlacc pit, that reminded me I've got uh, got an idea for our Life Day celebration. Uh, new a new dish to bring in. Oh um, I was thinking about making up some Sarlacc stew. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's in it, but it's been cooking for a thousand years. <laughs> uh, that's good. It would be good to be able to put like a Boba Fett figure in there for the picture at least, you know, just to <laughs> sanitize it, clean it up, you know, and then yeah. just have it at least in the photo. Uh, I could probably uh, do that. Photoshopping it into the oh. photo might might make it uh, a little bit yeah. appetizing. Yeah, I gotta sanitize the Photoshop. <laughs> I can't even remember what we started talking about now because we've been on Star Wars for a while. First thing was the man thing, heap swamp thing. Oh yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, because we kind of went right into that from uh, from the the club podcast. I saw the new Terminator movie last night. Terminator Dark Fate. Right. <clears throat> so, now, before we even go into that, how, how much of a, a fan are you or aren't you 
uh, her Terminator stuff. I'm a fan to the point where saw the movies, bought the movies, casually watched them just every time a new one came out. So it wasn't like a th- as much as I would watch Star Wars or something. Never went out to bought the toys. I bought, I think, one of the NECA figures, probably, of a Sarah Connor T2 Judgment Day one, because it looks uh, pretty badass. Sarah Connor Chronicles TV show. Normally, I'd have just been like, okay, that's kind of cool, but it had Summer Glau from Firefly, so that drew my attention. Uh, but that show was pretty awesome. Never dipped into the comics until... One of the Whedon brothers, I think it was Zach Whedon, wrote some Terminator comics. We both scratched your head at the same exact time. <laughs> and it, it wasn't one of those things where you're scratching your head, I scratch my head. I actually have an itch. and yeah. Um, yeah. So there's something in the air here. Uh, so I only own like maybe like six Terminator comics. I don't have any Termi- Terminator merchandise or shirts or anything. And when it comes to the dissection of the lore and the time travel and the T-100s and the technicalities, like, that stuff is completely lost to me, being like, I assume T-100 is the term of one of them? Yeah. yeah but, okay. But to be like, oh, this model... Or like the, T, the T-1000 was the liquid metal one. See, And people didn't that. get that because, well, it's still metal. It's not mm-hmm. organic material. It's liquid metal that can kind of... Uh, yeah. Shape and color change, whatever. So that that was kind of a, a, a big debate. It's like, well, how did he go through? Because he's not actually organic. It's, yeah. And when it comes to those discussions, that's where I clock out because I'm like, I don't know enough. Don't care really enough. care. I'm just in yeah. for. I'm like, I just eat my popcorn and watching some things. First of all, it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. So if you're going in to watch <laughs> an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, you're just going to go in and like. Uh, let it entertain you yeah. for whatever entertainment value it has. And if it entertains me and they make another one, then I don't know, I'll be back for it, I guess. <laughs> um, okay, so... Um, it, as far as movies, TV, comics, um, do you have stuff that you, you... You got anything that's like favorite, anything that you didn't like in there? Now, T2 is definitely, I mean, everyone's going to say that but it's because it's true for the most part is that it's the best one. First one's still really good, but when you watch the second one, it's one of the strongest sequels probably. Well, it's one of those rare cases where the second movie, because even in a trilogy, a lot of times the second one is the weak one. Uh, But it's one of those rare cases where the the second movie is the superior one. It still kind of holds up. I rewatched them this week, and just like as far as entertainment value and everything the later ones like terminator 3 i can't i own it but i probably bought it cheap i can't really tell you anything other than i think chris hardwick's in it probably i think he's got like a small part in it yeah terminator 3 is the one uh that for me it's like i watched it i think twice there was a female terminator now and i I have a hard time remembering it yeah and then like the sarah connor chronicles show I think came out before the Christian Bale, whatever that one was called. Uh, Terminator no, Salvation. Salvation. So the the TV show, I think, was ahead of its time. If that show came out now with like the backing of an Amazon or Netflix wanting it, I think it would last longer than the two short seasons they had on Fox. But the show looked really good for being a, uh, a you know a 
standard cable show. Uh, plus, once again, it had Summer Glau, but like even beyond beyond her, it took place what after T two, and so it had you know it had the Lena Headley who is from Game of Thrones now, famous for that. She was Sarah Connor, and I thought she played her real well. Now, now is it one of those that when we'll ignore Terminator three and this pick up after T two? Is that what it? Yeah, I, ne- I never even got the opportunity to to see the show. It, it was out at the time where I wasn't able to watch much TV. Kind of like my life now. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I'm pretty sure. I think it was pretty close. Like I forget where T three was in the timeline, but I think T two. I think Sarah's show was more just closer to T2 time-wise than whatever T3 was. Because it's like every... Uh, well, I guess it would, probably wouldn't happen after T3, because T3, one thing I do remember is that actually happens on Judgment Day, I think. Okay. They're trying to get into some sort of... Uh, uh, like a... You know, uh, what do you call it? You know, a place where you go to survive a nuclear war or whatever uh, is, is part of it, like, at the end there. Um... But T uh, three was just like the beginning of the movies and stuff, where everything that came after was like we're going to ignore everything after Terminator two. And it's funny because there've been three movies since then and a TV show, and everything goes. We're going to ignore yeah. everything that happened before ours. So the next one that got my attention was mostly Christian Bale. After just seeing him in Batman, I didn't know him prior to Batman, but Terminator Salvation, and that's like T three where I. I own it, but I can't tell you anything about and it. And that was, I, I do remember a little bit more about that. That was the first one that came out that was like, this is launching a new trilogy. Yeah. Um, and then it didn't work, so then the next one came out and said, yeah, we're this one's launching a new trilogy. Plus it was the most technologically advanced modern take, like where they could really, you know, with the resources to kind of... Right. Right, I mean, because they, you know... Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't really in the movie. You know? Yeah, they had like his a body double that was like right. It's a they, guy who I think was eventually on that Son of the Beach show, the comedy that was like Baywatch, where it was an Arnold looking kind of bodybuilder, and his character on that show was kind of making fun of just an Austrian Arnold character. But I think it was him that eventually played his double because it looked. As much as it could, right. without getting kind kind of like an early version of the technology that allowed them to bring back Tarkin and yeah, which uh, and do a young Leia, which I may say some stuff to kind of go back to that. So then the next one was Terminator Genesis. Yeah, and this was going to be okay. This is that was like a different timeline. Yeah, so this was bringing back. This was Sarah. Now played by Amelia Clark, so now they got my money because Amelia Clark, Daenerys Tar- Targaryen. I'm just like, yep, yeah, I'm seeing this no matter what. But it was bringing Arnold back. It was bringing her as Sarah. And they were going back to 1984 and trying to. They were playing in that timeline, right? Because I think the story was, and I didn't see the movie. I was kind of like, ah, I don't, I don't know. I I don't know if I want to do do this one or not. The the other ones haven't been great they were okay like there was things about them that were okay but overall they just nothing's been as as good or even close to t2 um so i'm like okay i'll I'll wait and see 
what what I hear about it, and, and everybody just said it was horrible. Um, is most I won't say everybody said it was horrible, yeah. but that was a lot of what I got was it was just horrible. And that one again was supposed to be launching a trilogy, so money wise, it didn't do. It, it did the box office. It did horrible, yeah. and they were kind of like, "Well, yeah, this is, there's no way." Dead in the water. They're like, "Well, unless it does great internationally, which even it it had done so poorly uh, domestically that even internationally, they pretty much had no hope of it uh, coming anywhere close enough to saying, "Hey, let's." Make another one. And before I go on about the new one, now going back to Genesis, this was the first time that I saw a Terminator movie with a co-worker and friend, Jason, who I would say, like, if I am a Marvel fan or a Star Wars fan, that's the level of him being a Terminator fan. While he loves that stuff, too, I would probably argue that he knows a hell of a lot more Terminator and he's a bigger fan of Terminator Love Sarah Connor and all that stuff. I don't know his opinions on some of the ones we just kind of glossed over due to lack of memory or you haven't seen them. But Genesis was the first one where I'm like, yeah, I'm seeing it. You've seen it? Yeah, he loves Terminator. I'm like, I love Amelia Clark and she's wielding a gun and whatever. I'm, I'm down for that. And we both came out very charged up and really enjoying that movie. And that was come. I went there because I'm like, yeah, I had a good time, ate a bucket of popcorn. Amelia Clark, shoot him up, bang, bang, here we go. He came out of it being like, this is another Terminator movie after two sour Terminator movies. Him loving the Sarah Connor Chronicles to the point that he's still talking about how he wants. I told him uh, if they did a comic continuation, because it ended on a cliffhanger, it was canceled and everything. I said if they did a comic continuation of like a three-issue wrap-up or something, like, would that get him to buy his first ever comic and read comics? He goes, yeah. He's like, I would. So that shows how much he's into Terminator. So he came out, he really liked Genesis, and we both kind of knew that it probably wasn't going to be enough of us two coming out excited out of the theater. So now, Terminator Dark Fate, I was already in the bag because I'm like, yeah, what else am I going to do on that, you know, Friday? So... Um, but you're bringing back Arnold, so it's like, okay, here we go again. <laughs> but well, the big news is that you're bringing back Linda Hamilton yes. as Sarah Connor. Uh, so first time she's been back since T two. First time James Cameron's been involved since T two. Yeah, yeah, that that was a big thing too. Because he, he didn't direct, but he did. He was he a producer. Produce. Tim Miller, who was the director of the first Deadpool, is the director of this one, and. Uh, Linda Hamilton was just on, uh, was T2, was that around like 92-ish, 3-ish? It was, yeah, right So, right a little over 20 years. Um, I think she said it was like 27, but I think that might have been for Sarah. It's been like 27 years since we've seen, you know, Sarah's story or something. But yeah, so after two decades, Linda Hamilton comes back to the franchise. So, it's definitely being like, all right. We're trying to win back. We got Cameron back. We got Hamilton. We got um, Jar Jar Banks. Oh, wait, no. Hamilton. I'm the best. Hamilton. Ah, uh, right. That's what I got. Off track. Got Arnold. Sarah Hamilton. Yes. It's a musical. And then you have um, Diego Luna, who played Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
you see them in the trailer. So it's just like, oh, cool. I'm, I'm sold for these other people that are things that I recognize and know. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, there's Ghost Rider, you know? So that was kind of like an added element of like, oh, it's cool to see him in a movie, a big movie like this. So Terminator, Dark Fate. Uh, I wouldn't say I was counting down or charged. I kept forgetting what months that come out. I know I'll see it, but I'm not watching every trailer. I'm not doing what I do for Star Wars and Marvel. I just know I'm going to see it, and maybe that would help my excitement is that I don't know much about it other than those key players. And, and I was going to ask that if you had any idea of plot, because I don't on this. I know when T2 came out, you know, you knew from the trailer what the plot is. It didn't give away the whole movie. A lot yeah. of trailers tend to do that now. Um, but I didn't feel like it gave away the movie, but you kind of knew what was going on. Yeah. Uh, you, you knew that, uh, you know, Arnold was playing a a good version of the Terminator, and he was protecting uh, John Connor and and Sarah Connor. I mean, you can't you knew what was going on. This one, aside from Sarah Connor being back and whatever, and protecting somebody for some reason, I don't know what. Yeah, that, that's pretty much all I all you know. Yeah, I would say the biggest spoiler. Look, thinking back to the first trailer, is the fact that we know that Arnold's in it. Um, so there's going to be mild spoilers for Terminator Dark Fate going on from here. I mean, I assume you don't. Yeah, yeah I don't care. I'm I'm going to ask questions, so I was getting ready yeah. to uh, to warn of, of spoilers. So I guess we could just put on the full spoiler warning because all you need to do is press pause if you have to see it yet, or if you don't give a crap or want to be inspired to be like, oh, okay, now I do. Kevin Smith will be like that. That he'll hear spoilers about something that he wasn't necessarily running out to see. And then that sparks him to be like, well, I want to see that now. So the spoiler warning is on right now. And mind you, I'm not with my friend who is the ultimate Terminator fan. So hopefully this is as much, you know, I can get right as much as possible. But the overall details, I'm pretty sure I got. So this movie is very formulaic to Terminator movies. Always opens up in the future of stepping over skulls and just like I think every movie has opened up like that way. It's always the talking about twenty twenty nine and the and the and the revolution and the just the war and the tip. This movie has all of that. Like if this is your first Terminator movie, they're giving you all the information without having seen one or two. But now we're taken to a present day uh, timeline in which mostly takes place in Mexico, starring characters we, I don't even know the actors, they're all new to me, I started following them already, because I'm like, oh, I thought they were pretty cool in there, so I decided to uh, check them out. And the movie starts off just, all right, you got this brother and a sister, they're going to work, and blah, 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 and then exactly how all the other movies start, you cut to, like, an alley or a truck stop or a and parking lot. a naked guy in an alley. Well, we start off with a naked chick this time. Oh. So, you know. Yeah, well, full bonus for the guys. All right. But, uh, you know, we did get that in uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles as well, as much as they could for, uh, you know, television purposes. But you have that same thing, you know, ball portal open up in the sky, landing into a field or a parking lot, blah, blah, blah. All this stuff happens, and we do see the guy as well, as we have Diego Luna, Ghost Rider, and the new uh, person, 
Cameron is her name. I was actually loading up the credits here so I can credit these new people. Named in honor of James. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Her her real name is Cameron, not character name. Oh, okay. uh, I should. Uh, I should. Got the part because her real name exactly. was Cameron after James. And you know what? I'm completely wrong. Her name's Mackenzie. <laughs> <laughs> Mackenzie Cameron. <laughs> Mackenzie Davis, who plays Grace. And she is the female Terminator, like a hybrid, kind of what you were saying before with that. Okay, and this is the, the kind of short, blonde... This is the... She, she's kind of tall. Hair. Tall, blonde, short... Oh, short hair. Short hair, yes. Yeah, yeah. Short uh, hair. Yeah. Tall, short hair, blonde. You see her in the trailer, and you see her running around and just doing crazy stuff. And then you have Rob Ghost Rider. Bobby Reyes um, is the, the evil one, and they're all after this girl, uh, uh, Danny, this Mexican girl who just wanted to go to work. And the whole movie is that is the setup is that there's something about her, much like how Sarah Connor had the importance of being the mother of the guy who's gonna start the revolution. There's something about Danny. <laughs> I didn't mean to sell it like a like a Ben Stiller kind yeah, of thing. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but there is something about her, and even though it's full spoilers, but I'm still kind of... Oh, hair gel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she is the one that one is trying to kill and one is trying to protect. And the movie's pretty action-packed. It's all very formulaic. Like I said, it's all the same. It's almost like you take the same script. It's kind of next generation, so they got Aaron Rodgers in there. Instead of- <laughs> yes. Is that a Brett Favre reference? Yes. <laughs> um, this is a, a... Now, the Green Bay Packers were already in Pitch Perfect 2, so they, they had their time to shine. So this... It's a very... like You could you could have taken the script from T2 or like any of the Terminators and just plug in new character names and new location. And essentially, that's what you're getting, but it's very well done, very action-packed, now that this is the most technologically advanced movie prior to the one three years ago or four years ago that you can take advantage of showing these you know skeleton robot type you know you can see better cgi and and you know for a concept like that it definitely benefits to have all of the resources very action-packed huge truck car semi it's all that kind of same stuff that you've probably seen before just different characters in different locations but what we see in the trailer moment just when you think they cannot save this this girl danny she's probably like you know mid mid 20s late 20s or something and uh just as the two terminators if that's even the correct term are there to try to protect her kill her they're at a standoff being like well this is it this person's gonna win ghost rider's gonna kill this chick until a jeep rolls up as we see in the trailer, and Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor returns, badass as ever. And that's where this movie, I think, is the strongest point, is that she she owns this movie. And I'll tone down some of the stuff. Um, actually, we probably don't have to kill it, because we're giving spoilers right now on Terminator Dark Fate. So it depends on if uh, David and Ethan care about spoilers for Terminator Dark Fate or not, as we're and I'm almost at a point. Honestly, I'm at a point where I'm not. I'm not going to tell the whole movie, but I'm at a point 
it can switch back to... Because I I actually had a couple questions. Okay. And they would definitely be spoiler. It's definitely so. up to them, then. I can't say I really care all that much. I didn't mm. see the last one. So... And that didn't matter, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. it didn't matter. Cause, That's true. Because, like... Because, like, the you know, the last couple that came out, it ignores the last couple that came out. <laughs> and they had said very upfront that this movie is basically a sequel to T2. Right. And everything else that came out. It's the all-new, all-different T3. <laughs> but we Just see like that, the last one. We see that trailer moment. Sarah Connor comes out and is blasting away and just, like, just... She does this awesome thing of, you know, throwing someone over the bridge and just casually taking out a grenade and just, like, toss it. Like, she's, like, so badass in those moments of, like, here's someone who I think is in her, like, late 50s, I think Linda Hamilton is, you know, hasn't been on the scene in quite a while, hasn't played the character in over 20 years. Her character hasn't been seen in, like, 27 years and blah, blah, blah. Uh, For me, she completely owned this movie, not only with the badassery of just the way she, you know, goes out there and, uh, and you bring like, you know, Carrie Fisher back, back into the franchise. She's not there on a action capacity, you know, and, but like Linda Hamilton talking about her like training and just like, you could definitely see that she did a lot of training to really like get back into this. And cause she owns a big part of the movie. Um, she has a lot of the most laugh out loud moments. Um, just with some of her cussing and things like that, and uh, you know they're already just they're done. Yeah, they're like we don't care. We'll just walk <laughs> off. Uh, but she she has a lot of uh, she has a lot of like cuss moments. Okay, like we've determined that we're staying for a bit. Oh, okay. please continue. Okay. okay, all right. But she has a lot of swearing moments that are done in a comedic fashion that just kind of show that she's she's older, she's grittier, she's been through this, she knows. She doesn't care what, you know, none of these people that are in there know what's after them. And she's been doing this her whole life. And now maybe your questions will lead, because I'm leaving out some spoilers on purpose, even though there's a spoiler segment, but maybe your questions will open that up. So Yeah, I've got questions because, I mean, there's things that I'm, I'm, I'm curious about. Yes. Okay. And the answers... You can, you know, decide how spoilery yeah. you want to give these answers. First question is this. Any explanation as to what happens to John Cobb? Within the first minute of the movie, we were talking about, and this is full spoilers, but also the beginning of the movie, and not the end of the movie. This right here is the beginning of yes. the movie. Credits. Thanks for watching. Yes. Um, what we talked about with the CGI and the face mapping and the Tarkin and the young Leia and all that stuff and young Tony Stark and Michelle Pfeiffer and Hank Pym, all that stuff. I used a lot of characters and actor names and whatever. It opens up after T2 with a Sarah Connor that looks very much like 1992 Sarah Connor. And a John Connor who is very much, and what's the actor's name? Uh, Edward Furlong? Yes. A kid that very much looks like him, because they definitely had some body doubles to act it out. Definitely did the, the Marvel Star Wars face mapping. It looks really good. Those two, I was just like, I was trying to pick it out being like, 
okay, is this some like deleted footage that was like unearthed out of Cameron's garage or something? Like something that like was gonna be like a post credits thing before it was cool and blah blah blah. Because I was just looking, it, it looks really good. And my buddy, well, Jason from work, yeah. he, he's a big Terminator fan, so we went to see it. I'm very not apologetic, but I don't care. Like, so we see Arnold's character come up there, like on this like beach getaway type of thing, hiding out and everything. And we see Arnold Terminator come up, and she flips out, and he murders John Connor right there in the opening of the movie. Looking at him, he looked less great as like the last movie when in Terminator Genesis when they actually had the young Arnold. Uh, they had the old Arnold meet up with the young Arnold in in that opening scene where we see him in the original Terminator. They did that, and he looked like really good from there, from my memory. But in this one, it, he didn't look as good as Sarah Connor looked. Didn't look as good as Edward Furlong, John Connor looked. I saw it right there, but I'm like, man, whatever. You know, I didn't have to pay for it. I just paid ten bucks to see the movie. I didn't have to pay two hundred million to make it. <laughs> so that's that's as much as I like let it buzz anything. But it wasn't until Jason said something at the end, just being like, he actually didn't realize that that was supposed to be Arnold. I knew it was, and I knew mm-hmm. that it didn't look as good. But he was, it didn't look as good to him to the point where. He didn't even realize until the story caught up with it that that was him. Because we do meet up with Arnold mm-hmm. later in the movie. Okay. And that's when Sarah just flips out again because she's like, okay, you. And we see that moment in the trailer where right. he opens up the door and the cabin door or something. So we do you know the fate of John Connor, which what spins Sarah into this movie decades later of the way she's gritty and she's going around and she's basically... Hunting Terminators is her job over the last 20 years in the story. All right. Um, my next question would be, how much is Arnold actually in the movie? I mean, does he appear early on? Is it pretty late in the movie? I would say... Because based on the trailer, my guess was, because uh, people are like, yeah, Arnold's back for another one. My guess was that he's not a big part of the movie. He maybe plays an important role in it, but that he's not in a big uh, part of it uh, time, time-wise. He doesn't get a lot of yeah, I would uh, say, screen time. I would say basically he's like third act, like maybe prior to setting up the third act of the action scene. And uh, um, so maybe like, definitely not like the middle, it's after the middle point. So as far as like that shows up much later, but, you know, knowing he's in the movie as an actor, and if you've seen the trailer, you definitely know his purpose, because Sarah Connor, all this time, in order... Because she goes and saves those people in the beginning, and they're just like, A, who are you? And she's like, how did you know that this Terminator jumped out of time to try to kill this new person that they don't even know why this girl's being hunted? And uh, they ask Sarah Connor why she's there at that point because it's kind of suspicious how she just happens to show up perfectly cinematically to save the day in that early scene of the movie she goes well i've been receiving text messages that are just locations throughout all these years of just saying 
here's the location, here's the coordinates, here's the time, this is a Terminator you can hunt, blah, blah, blah. And each text is all anonymous. She tried code cracking it, can't figure out where it's coming from, but all the message ends with, I got chills kind of think of it, it ends with Fort John. And those are what each of the messages is saying. Fort John, here's the coordinates, that's all she gets. And and we eventually find out, and as the movie's going on, you pretty much know, like, okay, it's Arnold is the one sending these messages, because they, they find out that this Grace, this new hybrid Terminator that has, like, organic, mm-hmm. she's human, who got fused with the Terminator technology, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to have all the official specifications, and they use a lot of terms I can't even pronounce right now, but... uh um the she was just like you get the text messages on your phone here she keeps her phone inside of like a ruffles potato chip bag because the foil on the inside blocks the tracker because the first thing when she meets the young girl that's being hunted is like hey do you have your phone she's like yeah she's like oh can i see she's real nice about it otherwise her voice she's very gritty and she doesn't just put it in a bag of chips no she (laughs) she looks at it and then she checks it out the window and girl's like freaking out like why'd you do that she's like well because I didn't have a bag of chips. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of potato chip jokes that keep on going on. But anyways, um, uh, going back to it is that she receives the text messages. But Grace takes Sarah's phone and she's like, well, I could probably track down where this is coming from. And she's like, how? She's just like, technology. technology. Like She's from the year 2040, I think. What's interesting is that, and I just remembered this part, when Sarah talks about how she was doing everything and John Connor and stopping this and blah, 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 and all the timelines that they cleared it so that all that stuff wouldn't have, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the 2040 people, it gets even worse that they don't even know about all the other... They don't know what Skynet is and stuff like that. So when she mentions Skynet and then the Grace girls just like, what, what's Skynet? And... Uh, so anyways, this Grace Terminator hybrid person basically just hacks into the phone and uses her whatever hand technology and just, she's like, all right, I got the coordinates, let's go, Texas, we're going to go. And then they open up the cabin door and it's Arnold in a flannel and uh, he's settled down and he's uh, his mission was complete when he killed John Connor in that beach scene when they're hiding out and wherever in the beginning of the movie. And he basically had no more mission and he... Something about his advancing technology that, you know, the aging of why he's got a beard. and they can learn and adapt. And, well, they're covered in organic stuff, so that yeah. makes sense that, it, that organic material would age. See, and that's one of those things where I'm just like, I don't know. Okay, yep, that sounds cool. That sounds <laughs> like it works, and that's exactly it. So he has a family, and they don't know anything about him, and Sarah Connor has a great, she's like, well, she hasn't questioned how you're 400 pounds and like, and he, and he talks about their relationship and things like that and how he's a provider and, you know, giving them safety and shelter and they just have this, it's like an old man Logan life of just, he's not popping his claws anymore and he's got a family and there's frames all over and uh, now maybe, I th- I think I remembered this, but maybe you guys will have better memory of it. Is there a mention of Carl anywhere in those first two movies? The name Carl is that used as an identity for something? Is that a reference to anything? Because he's named Carl in this version of it, 
and he's got his own like Carl Bakery van or something. He's got this whole identity that he's Carl, and um, even though this is the end of the call, but it no, is, nothing, nothing I can think of. Yeah, See, I can't I, think of anything. I had just rewatched them, but like that hit me when I saw the Carl van, and they really just kept saying Carl a lot, and I'm just like, I want to now rewatch. Um. Actually, you know what? I think I saw something. Because Jason didn't know, and that surprised me, and I'm like, am I just making did, this did up? Did you guys figure it out? No. Yet? No. Now, I'm not sure on this, but, but maybe it'll I think the van might make an appearance. Because I saw something just scrolling through. I didn't pay much attention to it. Um, but does the van have a phone number? Possibly. And stuff? It's I a think business it's probably thing. It's like a business so thing. I didn't see the number, um, but it probably I, has. I think if you call the phone number that's on there, they actually will get a message, and it says, like, hasta la vista at the end, <laughs> whatever right. I read on that. And I think it might be a nod to some delivery van or something in the original movie. That he kind of took that identity and... Because, yeah, he's he's Carl, who owns this bakery thing I'd I have to go back and look, but um, but I just saw, like... It might have even been earlier today. I don't remember. Yesterday or today, I saw something on it, and I didn't recognize it. But I th- what I saw said something about being not from like the original. Okay. And that's what it was. And it mentioned that if you call the number, there's some message that you get. And there's probably my favorite line delivery in there. They're all kind of sitting around. He uh, pops some Coronas for everybody when they call him Sarah down, and because she's like, "Well, this is the guy that murdered my son, and why I'm doing everything." But they kind of calmed her down and they all kind of sat there and they kind of kept their distance and and uh, um, he's explaining his life what I just kind of told you and he goes uh, he goes he's like well my name's Carl you know they called me Carl and everything and they cut to Sarah right away and even though it's the end of the call but you know I'm, I'm just going to keep it kind of clean enough but she just goes I'm not going to have to call you Carl and it is like the delivery like not it was hilarious but her she was so fierce with and she was just like, no way am I doing, like, because yeah. here's the person that killed her son, and, and she's not going to be like, oh, hey, Carl. Yeah, I'm not giving you a name. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm not going to humanize name, you. not naming this machine. Yeah. That that destroyed my life and my boy. It's like if your kid's boy. killed in an industrial accident, you don't go to this piece of machinery and go, hey, Carl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was fun. one of the... No hard feelings. It was a huge laugh-out-loud moment, a very serious thing, and it had a lot of punch because you just felt her anger every time she was talking with Carl, but it was just so hilarious the way she said that. Like, she hesitated not a second when he said his name was Carl, and she said, I'm not going to have to call you Carl. And, uh, but she does tell him that, you know, after their mission and everything, that uh, she will be the one that's going to kill him for... So yeah, she has and, this and I think time. that that's mentioned in the trailer, too. I think the okay. trailer, there's a line in it, and it might be taken out of out of context with because sometimes they'll do that they'll play a line from from yeah. a different part on that to kind of throw you off you um, but there is a part where when he walks out of the cabin or whatever it, it, it is um, where she says something about I'm going to kill you when this is done and I think I think he actually says like I understand or something like that afterwards but yeah, yeah. I think that that was how it went down in the trailer but yeah, so once they recruit Arnold to the team and everything, that kind of sets them off on a mission that uh, of uh, finding, basically getting the weapons, being able to do get to a place that has the weapons that can stop the the Ghost Rider that's after him. Got to put Ghost Rider from Shield is one of the Terminators that's uh, after. 
Gotcha. But this girl, and now here's, once again, I mean, I spoiled a lot, and you've all been warned. Um, this is one of the cool parts that really, it was a nice update. So when they're talking about Danny, this 20-something Mexican girl that's being hunted, she doesn't know why. They don't know the importance. And Sarah, I think Sarah's the one that says that she's like, it's a mother Mary type of thing. You, She's like, you're me. You're you're giving birth to the person that's going to be, once again, just like the timeline, that's why they're hunting you, because you're the person that is going to give birth to the hero of the Resistance, leader of the Resistance, blah, blah, blah. So for the majority of the movie, we're led to be like, okay, once again, very formulaic, all the same things, take the old script, just put in new character names. If you like those kind of movies, and you're not expecting anything new in that sense, you know... It's what you're getting out of it. But the good twist is that as we get more of Grace's backstory, who's the female Terminator to save them, we find out that she was recru- she was saved as a little girl when the robots took over by the an even older version of this Mexican girl, Danny. And so we see some flashback pieces throughout it as she finds out that Danny is the one that started the revolution. And we cut back to our present time being like, Oh, you're not the the girl who is just giving birth to the the guy that's gonna win the day. You are you the, are you are John Connor, and and that's that why they the hunted down Sarah. Yeah, because they wanted to go back and before he was even born. Yeah, but they had a hard time doing it because they weren't records being what they were. They weren't sure which Sarah Connor. That's why the they go through the phone book and whatever. So maybe in this case. They didn't know who the parent was, but they knew where she was you yeah. know, and, and could go back. And I think it's Sarah that eventually, when they're revealing all this to the to the characters and to the audience, because I didn't see that. I just figured this movie's following all the main Terminator plot points. So, yeah, she is the mother of the hero, blah, blah, blah. But it's Sarah that goes, I think even like this, she's like, she's John. So earlier she said, she's me. And now she's like, she's John. This is, she's the hero, and that's why all of this is going. Because so, she's the new. So somehow or another, this Terminator goes back, kills John Connor, alters the timeline uh, because things couldn't follow through as they were, which creates kind of this void, and some other person has to yeah. rise up and be the leader of resistance on a different time scale, shifting it back a little bit more, because we're already past the point where they were supposed to have Judgment Day and, and everything yeah. else. Um, so, of course, Dark Fate being that, at this point, they don't know what Fate is. Before, they've always known, yeah. but you take John Connor out of the equation, and you don't know where that leaves them. So, um, so I think that would explain the title Dark Fate. It's just, it's unknown. Um, my other question was going to be, you know, regarding Arnold's character, if this was a Terminator that we'd seen before. You already answered that yeah, one. Yeah. Um, he so. gets back into action, and he's very much there during the third act, but the Grace, that Terminator, she, her and Sarah Connor are easily the action heroes of the movie. The Danny girl, even though she's the future Resistance hero, she eventually... Uh, in this movie, she you know starts 
she's the one that's inspiring them when they just have to keep running and stuff. She's like, no, I'm going to use myself as bait. And they're like, that's ridiculous. Like, we can't do that. So you see where all that stuff starts as she eventually starts the resistance is because in this moment, she was like, well, they're after me, so we're going to go to the place we need to. I'm going to stand out in the open, wave my arms about, draw this person here, and she's going to stare this enemy in the face after she lost her brother and her dad right away in the opening of the movie, and she's thrown into this adventure that she had no idea what's going on. And, and it's... Uh, but Arnold's there during that whole time, in and out, you know, his character will get knocked off a plane, then he's gone for five minutes, and then he comes crawling back up and gets thrown into the... So once he's in it, he's in it. Yeah, gets thrown into the uh, uh, um, the Hoover Dam. They go there and stuff. So like he's in the water for a while, and then we're focusing on the current characters, but then he will come back, you know, he yells. There was a line in the movie that he goes, when he, he's talking about him breaking off with his family, because he's kind of told them that, you know, these people showing up means that they're not going to be safe anymore, and they kind of break up and say their goodbyes, knowing that this is going to be the last time he sees his family. And he goes, "If you stay here at this house, then you guys are not safe." So they have their little moment and everything, but uh, they're kind of like, "Oh, what do you what do you tell him?" And he goes, "I told him that I won't be back." <laughs> and, and it's not met with any hilarity other than us in the audience being like, uh uh-huh. Then there's even a moment where he's gonna he's about to leave his house and he, he's got a whole shed that's got artillery, just weapons. Eric would go nuts. You know, he, he would have a field day looking at that that shed. And uh um he he's about to walk out, he stops, and right away I'm like, Yep, here comes the sunglasses, it's gonna be the one thing he stops for. And then he like picks him up, and then the like that music's starting to play, and then he like has him, but he doesn't do it, and then he walks away. I'm like, okay, they're gonna save that for the end of the movie, but they don't do that either. So they don't give us our "I'll be back" officially. They don't give us the sunglasses. No, hasta la vista. But although there's a phone number you can call for that. Yeah. <laughs> but Carl. Uh, <laughs> He, he, his mission now, his own personal mission, is to protect this girl, and Sarah can respect that, and even though she, you know, there, there was one, like, the, when Ghost Rider's after him, um, he's about to put a bunch of bullets into Sarah, but Carl jumps in front of her, holds on to Sarah, and, you know, takes all the hits, that doesn't phase him, obviously, and then she says, she's like, never touch me again. You know, she's still, even though her life would have just ended right there, she still does not want, because here's the killer of her son, just protecting her. And, but yeah. So like in Terminator 2, when he, you know, steps in front of John Connor and takes all the bullets in the back. Basically the same nice. kind of, in the back. In the <laughs> and this concludes the spoiler section. And honestly, like coming out of that movie, we both loved it. We were both kind of charged up, like, "Oh, that was cool." My biggest, my favorite thing, other than that, you know, I'm not gonna effing call you Caroline. Um, my favorite thing was uh, 
the extra, even though the movie was very predictable in that formulaic outline of this is a Terminator movie, opening up with stepping on skulls and two Terminators, good and bad, coming down to save someone and, and just on a constant chase and semis and trucks, you see all the same kind of things. Airplanes, I think, might be the just the newest addition to the stunts when it comes to just doing crazy things and Jeeps falling out of planes and blah, blah, blah. All that stuff is kind of new territory, but everything else is very of the same thing we've seen before. So I like the added twist of not having that Danny just be the mother of the boy that's going to save everybody. I like that reveal of her just being like, she's John. That's the one thing that kind of updated in today's times to just be like, okay. Sarah Connor, who was one of the legendary... You know, right there with Ripley, you know, of just Ripley, Leia, and Sarah Connor, three of the most sci-fi powerful women that have been there forever, but, you know, very few. That continues to stay within the franchise for Sarah, and now they kind of launch off of that to kind of build this Danny character. And if they make more, hopefully we'll see, you know, some more of that, you know, because I didn't really say who lives and dies. I gave everything else away <laughs> with warning. But like, like I said, I came out of that movie really liking it. And like, oh, that was cool. There's a lot of movies coming out that I'll see. But talking about it now actually kind of got me amped up a little more that I would probably go see it again just based off of me. Like, I love movies way more than I love this movie, but I've never had this, like, I've never... Because anyone I've talked about it has seen the movie. So I've never had to, like, it's weird for me to be in a position to Terminator explain this movie to people, to uh, coming from someone who I just said at the beginning of the story is that I wouldn't even call myself a huge Terminator fan beyond just seeing them and owning them, but not knowing. So don't expect anything too new from the movie. Yeah. Just, you know, if, if you like the the formula of the first couple of yeah. Terminator movies. And, and you like popcorn, and it's formula of butter and popcorn. I'm not really a popcorn eater myself. Well, so anything I, that you want to eat during or something. nachos, like not pretzel bites. Right, a buffet. Buffet, yep. <laughs> yeah, we could have the uh, movie theater buffet. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But if you like an action movie that you already know the, the, the plot and the, the beats and all that kind of stuff, you know, you're going to have a good time. It looks great. It's easily the best looking Terminator as far as like, it's not overly, I mean, it's as overly CGI as a human getting a spike arm to ram into somebody, you know, it's, it's as believable as that's ever going to be. But like the fact that it's more smooth than even though Terminator 2 is a big leap, this was almost 10 years more later, eight years later, um, our time. It advanced greatly to make T2 great, but, you know. Actually, didn't they do, uh, in Terminator Salvation, where wasn't one of the characters sort of a hybrid? Terminator. Yeah, I don't remember enough. Yeah, the, the good one. Yeah, His so, body was a human. Yeah, um, so, so they have done kind of they something had a, like that. They had a term of what she's called, but I don't remember if I heard it. I, don't th- I think it was new to the movie. So I don't know if you guys 
You wouldn't know it from a previous thing, but... But yeah, I just was thinking about this. It's like, okay, they've done that before. The other thing is, you said planes. Planes are new. And I didn't see Genesis, but for some reason I was thinking there was something with a plane in that one, too. Yeah, there might have been. So... So they might have... Oh, yeah, because he says, I'll be back when he's going to just jump out of the plane. Uh, that was a trailer moment, but... Okay. So, uh, so I guess set so no yeah so set so, yeah, pieces there's nothing new in this movie. other than the Hoover Dam like that's the only like new like scenario of like here's Terminators in water has that been done because <laughs> you see them fighting in water and this and that and so that's basically the new ingredient that they added is that we haven't seen Terminators fight in water yet so all right. And what's great is that while I told the story the whole time, I've stared at that skeleton that's behind you. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, because that's an image that you see a lot of the the robot skeletons and human skulls, and I've had to look at that this whole time. Yeah. And <laughs> the, this thing's very poseable, but this jaw will not. It just <laughs> slowly opens up. He just. He thinks everything's hilarious. <laughs> or shocking. He's like, ha ha. Or hilariously movie. shocking. Like, ha ha, that movie. Shockingly hilarious. The studio's got his, you know, 15 bucks again. He told <laughs> the same story, but they, he, he bought it and he's going to go again. That's just it. If they come out with another Terminator movie, I'm still going to be there. Uh, so I know I can just watch an action movie and eat popcorn. And I was thinking it. next year for Halloween, maybe I'll, uh, Dress up the skeleton back here. Uh, maybe I'll just wrap him in aluminum foil and he can be a Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. But yeah, like I said, I uh, I still there's some things I I told some big beats of the plot there, but the the dark fate of these characters I kind of left out in the open for anyone that's inspired to go see it. And I gave many spoiler warnings, so I don't care. But. Um, Imagine if I got to talk about a movie, like a Marvel movie, that I like saw 23 times in theater and got to explain that movie, like Avengers or something. You know? This is a movie I just saw yesterday. Yeah, you want to just... a franchise uh, that I casually watch. You want to talk about uh, Avengers? Yeah, which, one? which one should we talk about? Let's go with the first about? one. I saw that 23 times in theater, so... Oh, yeah. Yes. Five, well, I would say maybe ten of those were $5 Tuesdays, because the first $5 Tuesday for Avengers 1, I think it was, I saw it three times that day. I saw the movie four times on opening day, that same day. I met up with a different friend each time at a different theater, and I just, like, started at one point, and then I worked my way back home and stopped at a different city theater and met up with a friend who hasn't seen it yet. But I saw it seven times that weekend. Wow. Oh, nice. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Is that a... I just realized that was a... That, that's a makeup is, thing, or is that an app thing? Uh, no, that's that's makeup. Okay. I, I actually... Because that uh, looks really good. I'm pleased to say that I did the makeup. I was gonna say oh, that. I know what you're showing them. So I was yeah. going to say, that looks as good as I thought you just did a Snapchat Terminator yeah, filter I, I that's actually, going on uh, right yeah. now. No, that looks really so awesome. I actually did that. And, that. and that's actually what I used was just aluminum foil. And yeah. a little bit of makeup over there. Don't you use silly putty? Don't you like glue silly putty to my face with the aluminum foil and then the vampire? Maybe foil? I did if I. Well, I, I might have. 
whatever it did, it worked better than some of that, that wax, fake flesh stuff that's hard to, to work with and peels off. Um, but the, yeah, this is one of my better better makeup jobs right there. Yeah, that was, that was a good year. So uh, that'll be the uh, that'll be the photo for uh, this episode of Under the Cowl. Yeah, I always got to have one of those. So. But I keep wanting to get pictures of people that are regularly on, like Damon's been in it quite a bit, and Jacob's visited, stuff do like that. Talking heads. And, and do well, because, I mean, I've got you, me, Kurt, um, all of our heads for the, for the logo for it, and, and I'll change that, but um, I haven't had time to do custom once every time, and I was thinking, well, I should just uh, take heads, do the same kind of art treatment of uh, that I did for you mean Kurt, and do everyone, and then uh, like whoever happens to be in that episode, you know, we throw those up and so just customizing the same the same logo for each episode, and then you know which characters are in it. You should put Ethan on there because we're all characters; we're not real people. He'd love it. Most yeah. of, most of our listeners, oh, you just spoke. That is like yeah, so. <laughs> that was, ah, Twice. Out. Yeah, we're getting more. It's more Put two just, of his heads on there. Because uh, I th- I think up till now the only thing we've gotten on any but podcast from is. her is I'm Ethan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we got that one time he he sat in, and I think that's all we got out of him was I'm Ethan. So now we got I'm Ethan. Dang it! What was the first thing? Oh, I think you just said. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> but then, yeah. <laughs> so he's real happy I dragged him here. <laughs> and then he said that line about "I'm never gonna effing call you Carl." Yeah. What was that line again? <laughs> he pretty much just gave you permission to swear on a podcast, and you're not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you come in for these things because you know people people, people don't working. realize that. Ethan's actually with us every episode. Every single one. <laughs> sometimes hit record, and then he sometimes stops recording. That that the recording. end the end music and stuff like that. Okay. You can please just say, "I'm not gonna fucking call you Carl." <laughs> say it angrily. I'm not gonna fucking call. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll take it. Sorry. Take three. Yeah, but they never they never showed it at that point. They always do a montage and then you get to take 17 all of a sudden. So, take 17. Thank you for listening to Under the Cowl. I've been your host, David Lloyd. Under the Cowl is recorded live at Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles at 1749 Barton Avenue, West Bend, Wisconsin. You can join us live each week or listen on Automatic and iTunes. Like us on Facebook at Crimson Cowl Comics or on Twitter at The Crimson Cowl.
not gonna fucking call you Carl. 